0: Uh, Here we go
1: live. Good morning everyone. The most complicated sale in the history, over $8 million. Owner didn't even own the property. This is really complicated. Stay tuned for the tale of the sale.
0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes, episode four hundred and ninety-two. The tale Whoa. of the City Oh, I want to check the spelling. Um, myself, Michael Berger, Mark Novak. Exciting one today. Um, the commercial team. We yeah, our most difficult sale ever. It was a freestanding factory in brookvale number four and six orchard road it's one of those unicorn properties that's the easiest way to describe it to to put in like before before we go
1: into it this just just to keep everyone hanging a few things one the person who asked you to sell it was not even the owner correct two You only had a limited time to sell it, as in how long?
0: Two and a bit weeks.
1: Three. You had to scrap the auction because of how complex it was with COVID and had to move move it over to a tender situation within that time frame. What other twists did you have in this sale to make it
0: such a complicated sale? I did not have access to the property (laughs) At all. You
1: couldn't even see that. You couldn't even show your buyers the
0: property. Yep. I was not able to walk through the property with any buyers.
1: <laughs> if that wasn't hard enough, was there any, all those twists, were there any other twists?
0: Yeah, did not get any documentation, sale, contract, uh, deeds um, till basically three to four days prior to, well 5 days prior to the auction 3 days prior to its selling so basically anything that could go wrong went wrong anything that's not ideal happened uh, couldn't get a copy of outgoings didn't couldn't even confirm the rental income of the property till basically Um, Well, we still don't have it confirmed. We've got what it was last year, but we still don't have the Red Pay Today confirmed. (laughs) Don't even have what water is.
1: So this is one of the most, one of the most, uh, the most amount of roadblocks you've ever had in terms of a sale you've had no access you've had a limited time to sell it the person that was selling it was not actually the owner of the property we'll explain that that's coming up we'll explain all these things and and dig deep in them um there was uh, you know Oh, COVID! You know all this stuff has hit. So let's get into it and let's open up. Let's open up the. Di- so back. But I just wanted to explain that because I, I think on face value, this this is not normal. I've never heard of something this complicated. And it's um and, and an experienced agent to actually navigate through this. This is where it was so so important. So people are going to learn a lot out of you today, Birch.
0: Yes, thank you. So. The property was four to, four to six Orchard Road, Brookfell. Like this type of property is what gets me out of bed in the morning to do commercial. Um, for you residential folk, this is like a waterfront property, the equivalent in the commercial world. <laughs> That's true. And what makes it so special is the block size. Um, to give you an idea, 2,000 square metres of industrial may only come up once every five years, maybe even longer, um, super, super rare. So even though we had all these roadblocks, um, oh, and Mark, even the biggest roadblock from what comparable sales say it was to what it sold for and what the owner wanted was uh, about a $2.5 million gap. So sometimes there's an age you like, you don't know, 25%. The road- yeah, 25%. So, as an agent, sometimes you don't mind the roadblocks if it's at a very attractive price and you know a deal is going to be there. No, we were two and a half million compared to comparable sales. But I do emphasize because it's so unique, there's not really comparables, but there are comparables. So, what makes this so difficult? How can I sell a property for someone that is not the registered landowner? And if you've, um, Ever worked in developments or commercial? There's a sale transaction called uh, an option agreement, which is typically used when someone has located a property they want to buy, but they're a developer. So their their only use or motivation to buy the property is I want to build a block of units on it. And sometimes yep. with council, as you know, Mark, it can be very difficult you don't get an answer of what you can build. They give you guidelines, but sometimes under those guidelines, you may look at it and go, I I could do 10 units or I could do 30 units. And at 10 units may have a price of 1 million, at 30 units it may have a price of 4 million. So quite often um, a buyer will offer an option agreement, they put down a small deposit on the property, one or 2% and they're going through the DA applications to see what they can get approved. In this circumstance, to make it even more, a little bit more complicated, he was trying to get um, included in the new Brookvale master plan to residential use. Um, Back when that plan came out five years ago, council indicated that there were a couple key areas, key sites, and they were gonna change one street from industrial to commercial and potentially the bus depot and he thought he may be able to get included in that. So there was a whole spin of everybody going, well, can you do residential? What are the chances to make it even more complicated? But this client, the client I represented had an option on the site. It was a three year option or two and a half year option, which he extended a couple of times, really battling to try and get the rezoning. Put forward that hadn't come forward, and he basically had two w- in two weeks' time to show you. You know how clients give you a deadline mark, and you're like, "Oh, if it's a couple of days late, it's not the end of the world." This is how key this deadline was with an option agreement. But if by next Tuesday, if we had not had a deal, it went back to the landowner. So this guy didn't own it anymore. His chance to sell it was gone. The chance of me sell, as the agent selling it or a buyer buying gone instantly it, the equivalent would be a 0.25 percent deposit on a residential yeah. apartment um yeah. you pay the 10 activates the contract if you don't pay well i know it normally defaults to, into it but let's say defaults to ripping up the contract so it was we so were actually maybe selling so
1: maybe talk we, we, we've got plenty to talk about we're gonna mo- motor through this hard baby talk person didn't want to develop the property gave it to someone else on paper called an option to develop the property that person couldn't develop the property after two and a half years that person was very cheeky by coming to you saying i can't develop it but if you can if you can pay whatever i was going to pay that means i can profit and the guy selling the the actual owner of the land can profit what was the next turn?
0: Yeah, so the the next turn was basically explaining to buyers that you're not buying the property, you're offering on the deed, so we can assign the deed, and when you pay your 10% deposit, then that triggers the old contract moving forward. Um, so that was, I've never actually sold under an option previously. Even when we were looking to do the auction mark, calling Vic LaRusso, he'd never done it before, going back and forth with lawyers going, technically, how do we word this? And it didn't help that the original landowner knew, obviously, if he couldn't come up with a buyer in two weeks, he gets to keep the site and he really wanted to retain it because he entered this agreement five years ago. The The market has soared since then. So even though my client was going for residential use, I was like, the commercial value. I know when you bought it, maybe storage units and factories weren't, that, um, weren't the hot commodity, but right now they are. They've gone up 30, 40% in the last couple of years. It's amazing. So we. So you weren't auctioning the,
1: uh, the property, you were auctioning the piece of paper that could buy that property. That's
0: complicated. Yes. Correct. So I had to be really careful with the wording. I can't say we are selling for Orchard. We are selling the assignment rights to For Orchard.
1: (laughs) That's a complicated sale.
0: Then what happened? Um, So. Launch it to the market, still had no access, had no lease, had no documents, but we had a two and a half week timeline. So very fortunate with commercial, you don't need a sale contract to go to market. And um, because the client said to me, Can we do it can you do this in a four-week campaign? I'm like, Yes. If we have if I have all documentation, I've got a strong enough database, I can let it rip, we can get some phenomenal offers four weeks. He takes a week and a half to even decide what he's going to do, and I'm why like, did he leave it till so late?
1: Why did yeah. he leave it till so late?
0: I think maybe initially he was planning to actually activate the sale himself, and then he decided last minute not to go ahead with it. So he was like, "Shit! If I do nothing, I give it back to the prop owner. I've wasted five years, burnt half a million dollars. No, I've got to try and find a buyer." With two so if half. it
1: went if the if it went back to the original owner if the option was not exercised what was the price that the that 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 um that was for the original yeah price? it was around
0: yeah it was around six six bill around that wow rate. yeah wow
1: and you ended up and you ended up selling it I know there's other things I want to talk about but you ended up selling it for how much
0: circa mid eight million. So so there,
1: so this this guy who had the option the piece of paper, um, basically has made was 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 going to make two, two and a half whatever the figure is million dollars. But if he didn't sell the option the piece of paper which you auctioned option option mm-hmm. which you auctioned we're going to auction uh, then if he just would have gone back to the natural owner of the property. He would yeah. made zero. Okay, so this like, is really interesting. I third twenty eight years of real estate. I've never heard of this. This is
0: incredible. It's insane. So it's Tell the you different know. So not all the, can not
1: I say all one? Can I say one? Can I just say one thing? Good morning, Ann Mal. Good morning, Lisa Kramer. Good morning, Lisa Novak. Guys, if you've got any questions on the most complicated tale of sale of the century, ask away. But make sure you're on the Novak channel if you're asking questions. That's when they're going to get to pop up on the screen. Back to you, Burge.
0: Yes, that was insane. So we've only got two and a half weeks. I've got no information for the property, but I need to start getting it out to buyers. So I blasted to my database inundated with over a hundred inquiries. So that's the benefit of having a local agent on the property who does a lot of deals because real commercial, our web portal, we probably only got 10, 15 inquiries in the two weeks. But from the database, well over 100 and momentum's picking up. But it wasn't a good momentum because every buyer, well, it was, because everyone's like, it's an amazing property. But every buyer's like, what are you talking about? Option, can I have a contract? Sorry, don't have it. What's the lease? Sorry, don't have it. What's this? Sorry, don't have it. Um, couldn't disclose the option price. Couldn't disclose this. And it's just like, and I was, and very, very fortunate I got a great relationship with a lot of these buyers from all the database, and it was almost like, guys, I know it's a shit scenario, it's messy, but this is the best property that I've ever seen hit the market and we'll work through it together. And they're like, yeah, fair enough, Mark. you're 100% right. So this was the benefit of leveraging the rapport I have with these buyers. because Leveraging otherwise-
1: local, leveraging, leveraging local. local.
0: It never would have happened. I would never have been able to talk so frank with, with them. Um, they would have had their guard up because it was such a, it, it felt so, it, for all buyers, it felt so dodgy. There was no information. There was a tight deadline. They knew he didn't own the property. It was a mess. Um, weird
1: so something i've got to I've, I've got to add to this this database or is, is, is for, for people that don't know this is a bunch of buyers that we've accumulated and uh, not only just accumulated their name and number but their trust and yeah. knowledge of us and our knowledge of them so we call the database very openly but this is this was a very powerful t- tool and so powerful that even i like to give you an idea a qualified database has over a thousand Hero buyers on it, even after when it went out, 100 came back and said, Look, one out of 10 came back and said, Tell me more. You leverage your knowledge, relationship, experience, uh, uh, everything with these guys. Then, when it went out onto realcommercial.com.au, 15 buyers only,
0: yeah, which isn't like that's still good for commercial. Like a commercial listing, you can go to market and not have anything for a couple weeks. So, I get these numbers, maybe a bit wacky for. The residential yep. agents. Um, then, so then, what happened? Then, You're running, we're running out of time. Then what happened? Then basically, we're going to. We had to. I really wanted to do an auction on this property because I had one similar, Mark, uh, fifteen to seventeen West Street. It was worth say two point seven three million at the time, but it was a fifteen hundred square meter block, and that was the first time in many years that something like that came to market. Took it to auction. I sold it. We sold it for four point six million, nearly two million above the reserve. And this property reminded me of that of the uniqueness. So I really wanted to do an auction, but then our lockdown happened. Can't do in person auctions. Commercial, a lot of older clients, so we didn't really want to do virtual. So we kept the auction marketing, but because I had such a strong database and buyer inquiry, we did a. Uh, best and fairest, like a tender. So Monday auction was supposed to be Monday. On Tuesday this week, I sent an email everyone saying because we received a, a lot of offer, a couple offers prior. So we just said we got strong offers. Do your best yeah, offer. Yeah, yeah, do your best offer by Friday, ten am. We did did a couple rounds of EOI, making sure all the terms were good, and got. Long story short, sold it yesterday. Huge money, 200-bit-week two, two campaign, a record rate per square metre. To put it in perspective, guys, it's sold at 4,200 a square metre, approximately, and the market uh, is about 3,000 a square metre. So it's huge. The most the most
1: interesting twist to me to this story is that a person sold a property that they didn't own.
0: Or all, all couldn't show it. <laughs> and
1: then and then okay now tell me why couldn't you show the property so someone's gone now and bought this for eight or nine million bucks and they yep. couldn't even see walk on the land
0: what happened yep. so the original the original land wanted to wanted to keep the property they really wanted the option to expire and we just weren't given access it was very difficult so You just got to keep moving forward. Very fortunate, it is a a trade business. So um, you could sort of walk around, but they weren't retail. So they were very, yeah, everyone had their own motives. So as an agent, you just got to roll with the punches. I know a lot of agents probably would have just not pushed forward till everything was perfect, had all the documents, but time would have run out. Sometimes you've just got to make the most of what you've got. And um, what's that saying? Delayed perfect, um, getting started is better than delayed perfection, or something like that. Grad,
1: gradual, the Toyota CEO, famous statement: gradual, delayed perfection. That's how they make a Toyota car. Gradual yeah. improvement,
0: and that's basically what this whole deal was got the photos, leveraged that, and just each sort of couple of days, I would actually have more information that you would ideally want at the beginning of the campaign, but of those 100 buyers, I'm speaking with at least 30 of them two to four times a day, and it was long conversations, getting making people feel comfortable. The property was almost irrelevant. It was the scenario and the sale process, and really just educating myself on that, leveraging lawyers, I know to call for advice, leveraging everyone, everyone around me, so I can best advise these buyers so they they felt comfortable, because I hadn't done a transaction like this either. So, but, you learn quick- what about
1: me, they were lawyers, what about me?
0: Yeah, we're well, neither of us, leveraging off everyone, yourself, lawyers, um, even some buyers. A few of the buyers had done option deals previously, so they're giving you advice or letting you know things as well. So it's insane, it's exciting, it's why I love commercial property um, and a huge result. And hopefully this will kick and I think this is really going to kickstart Brookvale Industrial because put in perspective how hot and cold the commercial market is compared to residential, in a year there's normally 20 transactions. 2025 above two million dollars the last year there's been four so a lot of above two million dollars there's normally about 20 deals 25 deals what about about four don't know so um there's normally 20 to 25 and there's been four transactions sorry what'd you say can you say who bought the property can you say who bought the property not at the moment, but, yeah, they're going to do some stuff with the property. They'll speak Can- with the tenant, so we'll just run through there. You- but, um, yeah. Can you say An-Mal- what they're going to do with that property? No, because there's still the tenant in there. Ah. Yeah. You guys are uh, walking a pocket of real estate agents. So much to learn from you. Thanks, Mal. Happy to help. Happy to share our experiences, especially when they happen, because, I don't know, real estate, there's just – even though it's sometimes, like you're doing the same process, or not even the same process, you're selling property. Every deal is so different, either with the style, the emotions with the clients, the hustle. It's epic. I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, I, 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 think, I think a, a deal of this caliber, um, the amount of twists that those, you know, five major twists, like no access to the property. The person you're selling for didn't even own the property. The person you're selling for was selling a piece of paper. The piece of paper was expiring in 16 days from when, he's, when he starts talking yep. with you. Um, you know the amount of twists that went into this deal you know the purchaser who's gone in obviously has to be super confident with their funding super confident with with the property the process they didn't even get to see it the poor guys um i think this is probably the most exciting deal that um that the northern beaches is probably going to see for this year certainly the amount of twists that you know, this is a unicorn of a sale
0: yeah and is exciting so um, yeah, it's definitely one that we won't At, forget. That we won't forget anytime yep. soon. Good old team Novak, absolutely, a great result, mate.
1: Well done, and Bird, you've been very modest this whole. Uh, before we before we say goodbye, you've been very very modest on this. The amount of work um, that you've put you put into this, um, it uh, it took you it took you um, it took you uh,
0: ten years, uh, but you did it in two weeks. It's hundred percent. Every basic, yeah. Everything I've learned, everything i every deal went into this deal. Um, I don't think I would have been able to do this deal in my first sort of five years. Just and even managing the the option holder, he was under high pressure. Can you imagine the pressure? If it comes, if the deal happens, he makes say two yeah. two mil two and a half. If it doesn't, he's lost five hundred k. Or like, you know what I mean? Like that was not exact figures, but that's
1: basically. It was, basic it was just three, that's just $3 million. He had three, if he had not exchanged this by this Tuesday, he would be down not only the capital growth that he's, that, that, that he's made the two and a half, uh, two, two and a half, but the 500,000 he paid down on the option for the property that he didn't own. That's $3 million. This guy had $3 million riding on the line. That's massive. That's
0: massive. That's a big swing. So you can imagine the pressure that I felt, knowing the situation, and it was amazing. Michael Silich is on this morning. He's found Facebook. Wow! He's, wow!
1: He's yeah. Wow! He's Michael's um, doesn't know how to use Facebook. That's incredible. Now, um, one other thing I, do, I want to mention. Um, I know I've said ten years of experience, but I miss out on something very, very critical. Part of the, part of a uh, DNA of of an agency. And part of the dna of a great agency is the community uh is your local is the people you've worked with and i think it's also a credit to all with on a daily basis a weekly basis and a monthly basis because that that thousand database that you're running is like a live culture yeah you stop talking to those people it just organically dies. So I think it's it's just it's such a beautiful thing because not only is it the IP going on in your head, but it's also the the managing all those all those commercial purchases around around us um, that I think is pretty amazing. So there's just so much that goes into these transactions, um, mate. Congratulations!
0: Thank you, and thank you everyone there. And we'll be back Monday morning. I hope that helped everyone and was a bit interesting. That's welcome to commercial.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow, 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 wow. See you, mate.